In this week's episode, I'm joined by my great mate, Jonathan Kapal. John is a remittance, cross-border payment, migration, and financial inclusion specialist, striving to support positive digital transformation of migrants and their families across the developing world. Having spent his career striving to make a difference to the lives of the emerging economies, John has led projects and consulting for the private and public sectors and has allowed him to develop the expertise as discussed. As an industry leader and advocate, he enjoys collaborating with community and diaspora leaders to support migrant-focused development programs and to facilitate financial empowerment amongst migrant communities. He's launched and managed government and international donor-supported remittance and migrant digital platforms globally since 2006, and we're here today to discuss what his new project is up to. So sit back and enjoy. John, it's a pleasure to have you on the Kofkin Bomb podcast. Hey, Jamie. Thanks very much for having me. I feel privileged. Um, I listen to, listen to your podcast quite regularly. So, yeah, very uh, thrilled to be on today. I know when Tony's in our Sydney office that you guys sit next to each other and he'd, he'd probably be sending you all the podcasts when he's sitting there making sure you listen to them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Mate, we've, we've been chasing this one down for a while, but I always love to start the podcast off, and, and I think uh, the work that you're doing and the journey that you've been on is quite inspiring, and, and we'll get to sort of the, the large project and, and sort of, you know, what you're up to at the moment, but, mate, I want to hear, you're, you're a migrant yourself, and, and you've sort of started life in England. Um, the, the cricket's not on at the moment, so we can drop that rivalry, but tell us about sort of growing up in England and, and sort of, you know, what was the goal going through school? Yeah, I guess like, going through school, I had this vision of being a lawyer and then got to do my A-levels and basically the results suggested otherwise. So I um, went to university and I have always had a strong focus on economics and politics. Um, wow. Did a degree that had a lot of focus on developing world economics, then promptly left uni, went and worked for Citibank, followed the kind of you know standard um, flow into working in the banking sector. And then a couple of years later, I came over to Australia as a backpacker um, and I and I was doing various jobs and basically decided that when I got back, I wanted to have a career change. And I was looking for, um, you know, different opportunities and then found myself really working on a um, on a project that was focused on the Commonwealth Secretariat. It's, you know, the organisation that's focused on obviously, all the Commonwealth countries around the country. And it was um, it led me to start working in um, lots of uh, initiatives and projects focused on investment. So in, in developing um, investment programs for countries and and really kind of like, I guess, kind of calling back to what I've been studying, you know, five, six years earlier. And did the, did the backpacking fuel that as well? I guess like, what were the hopes of coming to Australia? You know, was it to see the beautiful beaches and get some sun? Yeah, I mean, look, I spent a couple of months in Southeast Asia on the way through. Um, and a couple of years before that, I, I, I had um, a few months traveling through through Central America and into Brazil. Um, my, that was to a, a big goal of reaching Rio for the millennium, um, yeah. which we, which I, me and my friends achieved. But you know, through the process, it was, you know, really kind of got me, you know, really interested in um in all of these developing economies and, um, you know, just fantastic people that you, you meet um, you know, along the way. Uh, so, yeah, when I came to Australia, kind of, you know, it was a similar route going, coming, coming through, I guess, tried and tested, but coming through Southeast Asia, um, had a great time. And then whilst I was here, I wouldn't say I worked in anything specifically migrant focused at the time, but it was, you know, I guess my sort of interest in this space and, you know, it was sort of, re, you know, galvanized again. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to stay in Australia at the time. I was looking for, you know, at one point it looked like I was going to get sponsored. That, 
sort of ebbed away, found myself moving back to London and then, yeah, sort of inadvertently taking the career path that's um, led us to have this conversation today. Yeah, so DMA, and before, like, you know, the venture that we're working on together and, and you know, some of the projects, but, you know, yeah. DMA Global um, is sort of where you ended up and, and with Leon. So where did that introduction come from and, and sort of how did you start on the that, that sort of consulting side? Yeah, so um, around about the mid-2000s, we uh, I, was, I was working on um, lots of investment um, reports and events and so on. And the UK government's um, uh, aid um, department, uh, which at the time was um, DFID, they came to us and said, we've got this idea. Uh, so bear in mind, this is clearly end of 2005, 2006. We've got this idea for a remittance comparison website. We, we've, got a, we've got funding. You guys seem to have a great um, uh, track record of actually working with migrant communities through the investment work you're doing come up with a proposal. So we ended up developing what was the first government supported um, remittance comparison website of its of its kind called Send Money Home. And it's focused on lots of the, the big countries where people were sending money um, back home from, from the UK. So India, um, Kenya, South Africa and so on. And that was um, for a couple of years um, as we were sort of running that project, we were we were doing lots of high level events and, and sort of launch activities and so on at um, places like the House of Commons and so on. And through that, we got to meet lots of people working within the remittance industry. One of those being Leon Isaacs. Um, and he at the time was, um, I believe, the uh, commercial director for, for travel X money transfer. He'd previously been working for MoneyGram. So he had like years and years of experience in the remittance space. We were coming in and, you know, from a sort of data and um, education perspective. And we realized that, you know, there was an opportunity um, for us to actually develop a business together along with a couple of other colleagues at Sam and Chris and have a focus on both remittances and um, foreign direct investment. So DMA was born in, in um, 2007. And then I found myself very um, you know, within a year, basically, we were um, invited by the Australian New Zealand government to um, uh, to tender for a project which became a Pacific comparison website, Semoney Pacific. Yeah. So it was all very quick. Um, I actually got a call. Leon and I were um, sat in the office one Wednesday and we got this um, got this call saying, can you be in Canberra on Monday for an interview? <laughs> we realized that this was going to be a pretty pivotal moment in the, you know, in the early stages of the company. So we literally jumped on a plane the next day, came over. Um, bearing in mind, this is 2008. So we were a bit, also a bit worried about actually doing a video interview and all sorts of things going wrong. Yeah, it's, we're doing it in person. We're not doing teams at the back then. Exactly. But I think, you know, it's fair to say that, that obviously making that effort, you know, worked for us. Um, so, yeah, within a few months of that, I found myself. Um, packing my bags for well, at the time I thought it was going to be you know at least a couple of years, and ended up being for good. Yeah, and so met met the wife in Australia at that point. Yeah, so I met her yeah within the within a year of arriving, um, and then obviously that helped to sort of lay even more secure routes. Yeah. Down here yeah. So so were you always based in Sydney, or a lot of travel around sort of um, into the Pacific countries? So I. Um, fortunately, I was able to basically choose anywhere I wanted to live. So I had had that experience of living and working in Sydney before. I had a good, good network of friends that were already here. So um, and of course, it's very easy to travel to the Pacific and New Zealand from here. So that was um, 
and Asori, of course, also, because there's lots of Pacific diaspora communities here. So it was um, really that kind of made the decision for me. And then, yeah, from there, spent a lot of time traveling back and forth to New Zealand and um, various Pacific countries, places like Fiji, Samara and Tonga and so on, and really kind of got the, um, the, the That's So Money Home um, website up and running. Um, and then, yeah, so basically from then, it, it sort of it, it evolved um, a little bit after the time I arrived. So uh, 2009, I met um, uh, Bill de Blasio, who's one of the co-founders here. We started working together very closely on that uh, So Money um, Pacific uh, project and then other sort of related initiatives. And obviously, going forward, we get to where we are today. So, yeah, with Saver Global, I'm sorry I cut in there on, on the main part, but Saver Global, and, and that's, I guess, where the introduction between the two of us come together. And so we won't, I guess, talk about um, the venture that you're on at the moment, but, um, you know, the, the business is looking to scale up. But what I really want to focus on today of Saver Global is the vision and mission of it um, yeah. and some of the amazing things that you're doing with some of these global organisations. So, you know, I know I know that sort of one of the products is going to launch in November, but, you know, what is Saver Global? Who are you um, and what's the work that you're, you're trying to do? I know we've sort of talked about your background and, and, and that's sort of what's led you to this, but, you know, love to hear about the work that you're doing at Saber Global. Yeah, so I think Saber Global really has come together from, um, you know, we, from a strong desire both from, well, from all of the founders um, and our respective teams to to make a positive impact um, in the developing world. And particularly at the moment, our focus from the office here is on, on, on South and Southeast Asia and the Pacific, where we've got a lot of experience working on, you know, in, with regards to remittances and, and, and more broader financial literacy. Uh, so what we are, what we set out to do really is to, is to help to alleviate um, financial distress and, um, and, and sort of foster Financial literacy right across these developing countries. Um, today, there's still an issue where, um, you know, less than a third of the world actually have um, true financial literacy and an understanding of, um, of how to manage their, their finances. So our work in the space that we've, we've been um, conducting for many years, it's, it's evolved from that now. We could really see that there is a vision to deliver um, you know, long-term change by, by equipping migrants and their families with, with the tools to to make a positive impact that can change their lives. So the core, I guess, products of that, um, and I think the background, as you were talking about, is remittance and driving down remittance. Um, what yeah. sort of, do you want to give me some of the numbers around that? I know we sort of don't want to dive too deep into sort of how much it'll cost, but, you know, the goal of what you're trying to achieve with remittance. Yeah, so what we're trying to do is to reduce the um, help to reduce the cost of remittances globally. This has been part of the vision for the various comparison websites and other consulting activities we've done over the years. Um, so at the moment, uh, remittance costs are well north of 3% and often, you know, around 10%. And when I, when I say cost there, I'm referring to the amount, um, the proportion of the amount being sent that's actually taken by fees and exchange rates. Um, so often the kind of global um, approach is to look at um, sending $200. Um, so that's, that's how we measure that. And yeah, the U- UN um, Sustainable Development Goals have a focus on trying to get remittance costs down to 3% um, by 2030. So we see the work that we do as pivotal towards that um, from, from an education um, perspective and transparency. So for years, 
prior to Saber Global from working in this space, and it was a sort of natural progression, really, to be able to sort of provide more of this information at scale. So um, several several years now, we've been managing a, um, a, a, a website called Saber Asia, which provides exactly this sort of information, compares all sorts of different money transfer products and services for migrants um, from Asia, both within Asia and living around the world. Um, subsequently, we've launched equivalent regional platforms for pretty much the rest of the world. Um, wow. In fact, the last remaining uh, region to be covered will be Saber Europe, which will be going live within the next couple of weeks. Uh, and with with the platform for Saver Asia, we, um, aside from us trying to reduce the costs, we, we're trying to help to educate people about how to use different services and and really equip them with the skills and understanding of using um, all the new digital services that are coming uh, that have been coming out in recent years. Um, yeah, well, I, think, I think you've got a stat that in 2011 there was only 51% of people had a bank account, and the goal of 2029 is 90% ownership. Correct. Yes. Um, so this is, you know, and, and also what's important to bear in mind there is that even though um, there might be potentially 90 percent targeted by the end of the decade, it's absolutely critical to actually make sure that people aren't just necessarily opening accounts so they actually know how to use them. Um, right. A big issue around the world today is um, often gets lost in the sort of avalanche of statistics you hear in this space is that. While there are many, many people opening up new digital bank accounts and, and so on, um, the actual active use, it often lags. So people might use these services once or twice and then um, and, and just sort of either forget about them or just simply feel it may be that they're a bit intimidated on how to actually navigate them. So that's a big part of the focus um, that we have with our um, with what we're developing with Saber Global is helping to, you know, educate people on on how to enter the digital economy and um, you know, take advantage of all these uh, great new financial products. So, so you do on the ground training as well around the digital products and, and love to hear about some of the great stories. You know, as you said, you, you travel to the, these developing countries and, and do on the ground training. So what impact have you seen through that training? So we've been doing some training um, with our partnership with the International Labour Organization, Saver Asia, um, in Southeast Asia. So in particular, that's included um, training in Myanmar and Cambodia for uh, pre-departure. So this is working with partners um, such as the Cambodian National Employment Agency. And what they've been doing is they've been helping to guide people through on how to use the platform. Um, I should add as well that it's multilingual as well for, for several um, languages, um, currently six languages on there. Um, so that pre-departure training has helped people to understand how to use the platform, how to how to navigate um, the remittance world, and also how to use some of the financial literacy tools that we have on that platform. We've also been working with them in Malaysia, um, where we have... Um, again, sort of partnerships in place there that help to deliver training to migrant workers who have moved to Malaysia to, um, you know, to obviously to improve their lives and livelihoods. And again, equipping them with understanding of how to use our services, but also within the broader context of of understanding everything they need to know about you know entering this new world. Um, so this, in terms of success, we've seen a, a, a great deal of um, interest um, and usage of certain tools on, on the platform. So aside from the remittance comparison part, um, in particular in Malaysia, the, one of the, the tools that we have is um, a Malaysian overtime calculator. And that's proven to be an incredibly powerful tool that's used by um, thousands of people every month. 
um, not just migrants. It's also relevant for the general population. Uh, and it's really sort of highlighted, you know, to just how impactful um, financial tools that, you know, delivered in a simple and clear way can really be for people. Yeah, and, and that has tens of thousands of users just visiting that to understand where they sit at. So you can you know that they're obviously checking every week to make sure that they're empowered to make decisions and, and talk to the people that are employing them. Absolutely, yeah. So what's what's some exciting things that you sort of see within the future of, I guess, um, emerging countries and the work that you're doing? You know, we're sort of talking about some of these great tools. How do you see sort of, you know, what the impact of what Save a Global is going to do for these communities? So... From our perspective, um, you know, we, we've continued to consult as well. So whilst we're developing all these products, and I'll talk a little bit about saver learning in a minute, um, we, we've also, through the consulting work that we do, working with governments and international organisations, I mentioned International Labour Organisation earlier, but we also work with the likes of the World Bank and International Organisation Migration. All of these um, organisations are totally focused on on the migrant space and more broadly on sort of helping to empower um, citizens of many of these countries. Um, so it, it enables us to both research and, you know, provide policy advice and, and great insights on, on how to um, sort of help to empower these people. Um, and in so doing, it's, it's giving us kind of a great understanding of just how you know, exactly what's needed in the right areas to help to, um, you know, equip people with the tools to, um, to progress. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I guess our kind of business commitment interesting model. We've got that, you know, the historic consulting model is helping to really inform, you know, the right approach to, to, to really help people with, um, with our, you know, front, you know, consumer facing products. So tell me about Saver Learning, um, that fits within all of this space of the work that you're doing. Yeah. So Saver Learning is, um, we, we realized a couple of years ago that there really wasn't a, a financial literacy platform that was out there that covers every facet of financial education. Um, there's plenty of, of tools that are available that might, you know, service a particular focus, such as budgeting or maybe um, insurance and so on. But we so we, we felt that there was a real opportunity to um, sort of take our next step with what we're building and develop a platform that is able to cover the full range, the full spectrum of uh, financial services. Um, multilingual, uh, gamified. Um, you know, we obviously recognise that um, many people find learning about anything to do with money to be very tedious and boring. So actually making it fun to learn, um, you know, we believe is, is essential. Um, we're developing, uh, you know, many different financial management tools. So, you know, the ability to, to save, uh, sorry, to, to, to um, work with uh, your own savings goals and all sorts of functions. And, um, the other um, element as well that we see as being, um, you know, hugely important is uh, what we call adaptive learning. So the ability to progress through um, on in, and your the diff- different, oh, sorry, the different difficulty levels uh, that you uh, uh, that are in place on the platform ensure that people remain engaged. So perhaps someone might come onto the platform and might be breezing through a course. Um, and they're actually able the, the the app will recognize that and and shift it so that the uh, the questions become harder and ensure that people remain engaged so yeah as you mentioned before this is going to be launching soon we're working with um uh private sector financial service providers as course partners um and also working with um international organizations so there's a there's a very broad range of partnerships on there that will help to both get the app in the hands of um 
ultimately millions of, uh, of people, uh, but also to um, actually deliver great varied content so that people aren't necessarily just coming on there and, you know, doing doing a budgeting course. They'll actually come through and go, OK, great. Now I've learned about that. That's, um, you know, I need to get health insurance. Um, so we would have courses that will help to support them and, um, you know, educate them around that as well. Yeah, I think we're seeing in tough times at the moment for families that it's going to be important that, you know, it's not just going to be migrants that are going to be using this. Um, people need to be educated and, you know, we're happy to support that from our end. Our, our job is around financial education of our clients and, you know, Cough Combine obviously see this as a great tool um, and something that we, we'd love to promote because, you know, times are tough and, and you know, people are in different areas of education around finance you know i think we've always talked about at school you sort of learn maths but you don't learn how to do a household budget um and with rising costs i think it's important for families and and people to use tools like this yeah 100 percent agree um the timing obviously when we started developing this the uh, global economy wasn't quite in the fragile state it's in at the moment but it yeah it does really feel that it's um uh you know that we've we've actually ended up developing an app for these times um so you know, it, as I mentioned before, it, you know, the, the, the breadth of what it's going to cover means that ultimately people will be able to use this and, and get value in whatever they're looking at. So they're looking, for, you know, perhaps it's more um, sophisticated um, users that, that, you know, like, like, like uh, Diaspora, for example, people who have been living in Australia for, for a long time. They may well come on the platform and look at um, investment courses um, that can help them to sort of optimize the investment opportunities. Whereas other people, um, you know, and this is, I know this is a, we have a really strong shared interest in this and how we can help migrants and refugees coming to Australia, you know, just equipping people with that basic information at the beginning and making sure they're making the right decisions um, that, that, you know, can be really pivotal for years to come. If you're actually saving money and using the right, you know, and actually, you know, in, enhancing and maximising your savings from the beginning, your future life is, um, you know, it, it, you've got much, much uh, stronger potential to, you know, to rise uh, more quickly. 100% agreed. John, mate, I really appreciate you joining me today. I'm, I'm sort of, you know, you're doing some amazing things. And as I said, we'll, we'll put all the links up to sort of save a global from there. And, you know, I, I think where where the dream is and the work that you're doing with these organisations, um, we're only going to see you go from strength to strength. Thanks, Jamie. Much appreciated. Yeah, no, it's been an, an absolute pleasure working with you and Tony and uh, uh, Maria, you know, <laughs> Georgie and, you know, the broader Kofkin Bond uh, team. Um, you know, it's, it's fantastic to get your, your input and, you know, support with us. And yeah, no, we agree. We're, we're, we're very excited. There's a, there's a lot happening over the next few months. So, you know, we invite obviously your, your listeners to, you know, follow us on, on LinkedIn and, and you'll be, you know, hearing lots about all this progress that's going to be coming out in the next few months. Bye-bye. Thank Thanks, John. Cheers. Thanks a lot. The Kofkin Bond Podcast is a product from Kofkin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Kofkin Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Kofkin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.